Good morning, this is Angela Schaefers, host of Your Story Matters. Today I am interviewing Reed Sandridge, and he is the founder of a great blog, A Year of Giving. Hi, Reed. Thanks for being on the show today and sharing what you've been doing. Hi, Angela. Great to be here. I really appreciate your time, and I'm so excited to learn more about um, your blogging and your activities. And um, I'm going to let you tell our listeners what you've been doing and what a year of giving is all about. Well, a year of giving is is something that I started back on December 15th of 2009. And in a nutshell, what it is is every day I find someone who I don't know. I give them $10, and I ask them what they're going to do with it. And along the way, I try to find out a little bit about themselves and um, you know what their story is. As well as then after the fact, I go and um, I have a blog where I write about what they're going to do with the money and what their story is, and I keep a track. I keep track of where that money goes, and then I try to stay in touch with the folks that I meet as well along the year. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome! And how exciting is that? And tell us why you decided to do this. What occurred well, in your life at that time? Yeah, it's it's. Um, there's really no one single event. So if I kind of tried to think about the, the different factors or the different forces at B at the time, one is I was let go. I was working for a nonprofit called the Alliance for a Healthier Generation, which is a great organization um, that's focused on reducing childhood obesity. And given the economic climate, there needed to be some changes within the organization. I was on the management team, so... You know, I was actively involved in looking at how we could reduce costs and whatnot. And it came to be that the best way to move forward would be to to combine two of our divisions. And I happened to be the director of one of those two. And so when we did that, you know, we had had one extra director. Uh (laughs) And I was the person with with low seniority. And, um, you know, it it resulted in, in me leaving the organization, which was unfortunate. But, you know, from a management point of view, it was the right thing for us to do as an organization, although, you know, um, as I kind of say, it, it sucks to be me. Right. <laughs> but, so you uh, worked yourself out of a, your own job, but you helped the organization. That's that's a good thing. There's got to be some good karma in that. I hope so. And and so it was then that I had some time on my hand. Well, I had a lot of time on my hand. And um, I had not um, been in any point in my life since I was about 12 where I wasn't working in some capacity. I started with a paper route at 12 and always had part-time or full-time jobs all my life. So this was a really um, new experience for me. And I really wanted to do something that I could really engage with my community, inspire others. And I also got this point that I was starting to get a little bit depressed mm-hmm. um, being at home by myself and everything. So. I thought, what could I do that would also, you know, get me out of the house, talking to others, and at the same time, give me some responsibility to do something every day, such as the writing on on the blog site. So all those factors, and I know it's kind of a jumbled mess, but all those factors somehow came together at the right time, Mm -hmm. and I decided to start the the project. And I started on December 15th, which is the three-year anniversary of my mother's passing, who was a huge inspiration um, in my life, as far as my own giving and generosity, so that day's always been a really tough day, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know why not do something positive on that day to replace the 
the loss. The sad day that I that right. I have, yeah. Right. And she would absolutely love this. I just it's you know, it's something I think of every day. It's just too bad she can't be here to see it because she would she would love it. She'd be my biggest fan. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure she's looking down from heaven and sees all this and is like, Woohoo. That's awesome. Yeah. And and you mentioned when I went to your blog, um, that she really taught you about giving and, and the true meaning of altruism. Can you talk about that relationship with your mom and how she went about doing that during your life? Sure. She was always, you know, one of the major factors. And both my parents were. Uh, I'm fortunate to still have my dad with me. Um, but in something like I read on one of your, your websites that your children um, are your major source of strength and inspiration. Exactly. And I think it goes both both ways because for me it's just my parents sacrificed everything to give my brother and I uh, my brother and me a, a better a better life mm-hmm. or a good life mm-hmm. and you know they didn't have a ton of friends I would say but not because they weren't friendly people but because mm-hmm. they rarely got a sitter to, to be with us or um you know, really had their own priorities. Their mm-hmm. priorities were us. Mm-hmm. So growing up, we had an extremely close, loving family. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother never thought of herself first, almost to a fault, Angela. She was, oftentimes, you know, she would, she never really bought things for herself, mm-hmm. but she loved to buy mm-hmm. things for others. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas was a time that she absolutely reveled. <laughs> she oh, I bet. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Because not, you know, because she really loved that part of getting gifts for others. She was notorious for getting greeting cards um, and sending the people throughout the year. She just, you know, she loved to find the perfect card to send to someone. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much, you know, there wasn't any real, you know, monetary value in that, right? But it's just the fact of the thought that she thought of this other person and she was always, I mean, if you walked by a Hallmark store, let me tell you, you were going in for a little bit and taking a look and see if they had any new cards. That's awesome. And there's a plug for um, Hallmark too. (laughs) There you go. Um, She was really, really generous and um, never thought of herself first. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. And we need more of that, don't we? And I think what you're doing is showing us all that we have that part within us. We don't necessarily have to do the project that you're doing or like the things that I do, but there's a part of that in all of us, and we can certainly tap into that. I totally agree. And and, and I tell people all the time, it's not about the $10. Because I think you can get wrapped up in that. You mm-hmm. know, when I tell someone, for the most part, $10 isn't going to change someone's life. Right. Um, in a very few cases that I've had in the 120 days so far, um, it it doesn't. It's not a life-changing moment for someone, and I understand that. But what I have seen is I've got over a thousand emails and comments from people who said that hearing about my story or reading my story has changed their life, has mm-hmm. um, motivated them to start giving or, or to start going to the gym, uh, whatever it may be. Right. You know, some, a lot of the people who've been unemployed, who've been in my situation, I've been unemployed um, six months and 16 days as of today. Mm-hmm. And the, 
you can really get depressed, I think. In this economy that we have right now, you know, more than 50% of the people are seven months or more on unemployment mm-hmm. um, of, of the total people who are unemployed. Mm-hmm. And those are, you know, figures we haven't seen in a long time. So if people are getting, you know, people credit me a lot of times with, with kind of inspiring people or, or being the cause of this change. And I, am, I, I don't hardly think that, you know, I have been the reason that somebody in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, has went out and um, donated to their local shelter. Mm-hmm. But what I do think is if by reading those stories, you know, someone was able to act upon the the goodness that they already have inside them, mm-hmm. um, then that's great. Because I feel that we're all inherently good for yes, the most part. Yes, I agree. We, we want to do good. It's just sometimes we don't feel like we have the opportunity or we don't feel we don't know how to move forward or we don't feel that we have the time or whatever that that you know factor may be. Mm-hmm. But really, we're all pretty good people and we all want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it just sometimes takes a moment to stop and reflect and then realize, I can do the right thing. I can do it. I, have, I, I want to do it. Right. And I think that's the whole point is that sometimes we need a little encouragement, a little nudge. Um, and certainly, as you said, $10 isn't a huge amount of money these days, but it's the little things like that and making the effort to connect with other people that can really change lives. And you may not redirect it to yourself, but I will, because I've found that in all my work and my experiences, sometimes just that idea that someone cares enough about you to even give you $10 or want to hear your story empowers someone to literally change their life. And sometimes I've heard people tell me it stopped them from committing suicide. It stopped them from, you know, continuing their addiction and wanting to get help. So definitely there's so much that these things all do for so many people. And that's why we're here. I mean, your story matters is all about that ripple effect of how we can encourage and inspire and bring goodness to one another's lives, whether it's someone, you know, we never meet or not just online or just hearing about what's happening is always a good thing. I agree. And and if I can just share one experience that I had during this time, I, I'd given my $10 to a gentleman named John and John, a lot of people know him in in BC. Well, actually a lot of people don't know him. A lot of people know of him Mm -hmm. because he sits at a very popular intersection here in the area of Georgetown. He sits on the corner of M Street and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And he wears a large pink hat and has like a, a, a nightclub disco ball around his neck. Mm-hmm. So he's quite a, um, you know, memorable person when you see him. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped and talked to him and learned his story, and afterwards, um, he said that my $10 really helped. And I said, well, what's the most you've ever received? What's the most that someone's ever given you? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And his response really made me smile and really made me think. He said, the most I've ever been given was conversation. Wow. Wow. And it wasn't about the money, but here was a guy who sits there by himself all day. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fact that I you know, took time to listen to his story and to talk with him, he said, was just amazing. He said he had certain people that would do that regularly, you know, stop and talk to him. Mm-hmm. But he said he needs the money, that's for sure. But he goes, the, the conversation is something that you really can't put a value on that. That's right, that's right. Have. 
Yeah, and and yeah. sometimes and we sometimes find that there's find not that enough of that, enough and even that. just saying hi or how are you today is lacking sometimes, and it's like, come on, people, it's not that hard to do that. You don't even have to get out the $10, right? Absolutely, you're right. And I like on your blog how you um, broke down the different ways that the money was spent. Can you share with the listeners some of those different ways that you tracked how your $10 that you gave out was spent? I sure can. So I thought that was one of the interesting things to look at is kind of where the money would go. Um, and I would love to be able to do more, actually kind of track the money, not just from the first person I give it to, but where it goes from there, you know, mm -hmm. what, to the like, degree, you know, how does that, think from an economic point of view, how does what I'm doing potentially act as a micro stimulus? And, and don't get me wrong, I have no, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think this is going to change our economy, but, mm -hmm. but in a way, when you get money that you didn't have before, a lot of people tend to spend it or to give it to someone else. Mm -hmm. And those kind of activities, rather than saving it, are things that help um, move our economy along. Mm -hmm. That's right. So as, as of to date, yeah, I, I keep statistics on the whole thing. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with that, I guess, maybe. I, I really like to, to think about the numbers of, of the project I'm doing. So to give you a couple of statistics here about where the money went, 30% um, of the people have told me that it, they will use the money to either buy food or non-alcoholic beverages. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's your daily eating, could be coffee, could be whatever. Mm -hmm. The second most popular category, which just changed last week, um, is now that they gave it to someone else. That's at 16%. Mm -hmm. And in third place, and this used to be second place, but third place now is transportation at 11%. Mm -hmm. So the other, you know, then there's another maybe 10 categories that are um, alcohol, rent and utilities, uh, people who bought something for others, gave it to the church, um, bought something for themselves, they've saved it, uh, they don't know where it'll go, cigarettes, uh, education, lottery tickets, and laundry. Mm-hmm. With wow. the other answers that I've got. Well, that's awesome. I think it's great that you're tracking this, and, and I'm just very excited to see the outcome since you still you are only a third of the way there. So this is really exciting. And I wanted to ask you, how do you choose who you're giving the $10 to? What does that look like? Well, that's a really popular question. And you would think by now, with all the times I've probably gotten the question, I'd be really good at answering it, but I, I'm not sure that I am. <laughs> but the, the, the honest answer is there's really no scientific formula. Um, the giving happens every day, mm -hmm. and it's wherever I am that day. So, um, you know, one of two things happens. I either give it away during my normal course of the day when I see someone who I think would be an interesting person to talk to or I think is deserving of it um, could be a number of factors or there's days that I've actually went out specifically looking to give the money away and kind of had a profile in mind and those cases have generally been when um, I've went out looking for example for a certain type of person like a homeless person mm -hmm. um, and I've done that quite a bit especially I thought during the winter months when I knew several of these people were, were sleeping on the streets and when it was really cold, I used that as a, a platform to talk to them about potentially getting them to move to a shelter that night. Mm -hmm. um, 
I learned so much about shelters, though, doing this, that uh, I understand why most of them don't want to go to shelters. Mm-hmm. There's, at least in Washington, it seems that we have, you know, some challenges in our in our shelters that mm-hmm. they're either not safe environments for them, or they're not they're not exactly clean, uh, you know, clean. Mm-hmm. So for a variety of different reasons, and there's other reasons too. A lot of them have rules, mm-hmm. and some people may not want to <laughs> live by the rules of the shelter. So. Um, but that's that's the way I go about trying to find people. And to date, um, I keep statistics of what kind of person I've given to. So, 65% of the people have been uh, male, 35% female. And I keep, you know, what geographic area they're from. Half of the people have been from Washington D.C., where I live. And then, um, you know, then it varies. You know, I could since we have a lot of tourists here. Sometimes I've given to people who are here from out of town. Mm-hmm. And then ethnically. Um, you know, 52% have been Caucasian, um, 33% African American, 7% Hispanic, 2% Asian, and 6% other. Wow, those are great statistics. I'm liking it even more that you're such a good record keeper. That's awesome. <laughs> and you did tell us one of your best stories about the guy that shared having the communication and talking was an awesome part of his day. What's one or two of the worst stories that you had or, or situations that you've endured because of trying to do this project? Well, I don't know if I've had really bad stories, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the maybe difficult or bad stories, I don't think they come so much from, from the actual individuals that I've met, but more so from the circumstances. So, Washington was hit this year with two of the worst snowstorms that we've had in years. Mm-hmm. And I went out, I mean, I go out every single day. People don't realize, people think, oh, do you go out like on a, on a Monday and give away like, you know, a couple hundred dollars and then you go write about those and then you go out like the next month. And no, it's <laughs> every single day mm-hmm. you'll see me out doing this. And so when I went out those days, it's unfortunately those days that we normally think about others. You know, we think about the person who's, sleeping on the streets those days. And we, mm-hmm. we kind of, you know, around the holidays as well, we think about giving. Um, so when I tried to find people to, to receive it those days, they were very much more prone to say, I'm not worthy of those $10. Why don't you find someone who really is deserving? Mm-hmm. So I spent three hours almost one day mm-hmm. um, walking around in two feet of snow and there wasn't a lot of people out, but mm-hmm. I was trying to find someone, and it mm-hmm. was really slow moving. I was not getting very far because I went out right as the snow was coming down. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, that I was literally frozen by the end of my experience. I finally found a man um, about a mile and a half uh, from my house, mm-hmm. and I was walking the whole way. But I found a man who would accept it, and he was he was homeless, and he was um, he suffered from some mental illness for sure. Mm-hmm. He was tucked under a little kind of alcove, I think that's the right word, and a little overhanging mm-hmm. uh, part of the building. And um, he was very, you know, thankful to have it. But I tell people all the time when they say, I'm not, you know, worthy of it, I'm like, you don't need to keep it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't think you're worthy, then why don't you do something else with it? And that's where I sometimes get a little frustrated, Angela, because for me, they'll say, well, I'm not worthy, and they'll look at me to go find someone else. And I'm thinking, here's your opportunity 
I'm giving you $10 for free that you could go do anything. You could give it to any of the people you see during the day. Right. And if I could get more people to do that, because now my reach is much larger. Because mm-hmm. I, I only have a certain amount of you know reach that I can get. Mm-hmm. But if I find different people who are willing to take that and pass it along some other place, and you know they're going to be during their day course of the day, well then you know the scope of the project starts to to grow. Definitely. But many people, they I think they just don't want to get involved, or they say you know maybe they're just lazy. I I don't know. Yeah. They really don't feel that they're worthy of it. Well, I think that it could be true that some people don't want to get involved or are too lazy, in fact, to do anything about what you're asking them to do. But there's a great deal of people out there who are simply just shamed. And that shame tells them those words that they're not good enough, that they don't deserve it. And that's a real sad part of our society is that anyone is worthy. And anyone can turn around and do something with their lives and with themselves. Sometimes it just takes those little steps to do it. But that's the whole point of what you're doing and what I do is to encourage and inspire people to see the goodness within them. So it's it's hard. I know exactly what you're saying because I've dealt with people like that too. But I think that we just have to keep believing that at some point someone or something will help them to see that there's value. There's value in all of us. That's a great point. So, and I really am excited about what you're doing and that you're, you know, taking it as far as you are to blog and keep statistics and and to just have the discipline and the obedience to keep doing it every day. I mean, that's amazing, especially in the snow, because I am not a snow person. I grew up in Southern California (laughs) and spent the last nine years in Tampa. So for someone to tell me that they stayed out in the snow to give, that's really huge. That's awesome. Very, very good. Um, I was going to ask you, how do um, our listeners find out more about your project and go to read the blog? Well, th- that's a great question. I appreciate it. Um, there's two two ways. If the if people are on Facebook, if they search on Year of Giving, they should see in the search results, they should see my project. And on Facebook, I have some information that's not on my blog. Um, it's just because of the way that the, the software is set up. It's been easier to do some things on, on Facebook. So there's maybe some extra pictures or video there. Um, but from Facebook, you can click on any of the stories, and you'll be taken to the blog, which is you can find also at www.yearofgiving.org. And there you'll have all of the 120, well, that's a, as of today, 120 um, stories, as well as photos and video, um, and there's a great section on there that, that you can only find on the blog, is what's called Lend a Hand, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if you saw that, that's, um, it's, it's, imagine a Craigslist almost of sorts, where mm-hmm. um, people who I meet and give my $10 to, I always ask them if there's something that they need help with, mm-hmm. or if there's anything that someone else around the world might be able to to do for them right and I've got some kind of crazy requests sometimes um, you know a lot of the people if it's a homeless person you know they're looking for clothes many times and mm-hmm. I've got packages that have started coming to my house for uh, of items for people and then there's other people who are looking for job connections right um, others who have asked for physical items like a person asked for a, a printing press 
uh, of sorts that they need for their they, they make jewelry and they need like a, a, a I guess it's a metal press, not a printing press. But that's like a five hundred dollar item. <laughs> uh, a woman asked for ten thousand dollars to to do a film that she wants to do. Mm-hmm. So you never know. I mean, people have asked all kinds of things. Right. I've even been a personal matchmaker for someone who wanted to try to find a. Um, the gentleman who was looking for his partner. And wow, you do it all at your site. <laughs> well, I, I try not, to, you know, whatever people ask, I try to, you know, I try to help them. So Right, um, just put the information out there and it goes where it goes and it happens how it happens. And you'd be surprised how many people now I've found online who really want to help. Yes. And have offered, uh, for example, there was one, one gentleman on my site, Gregory, who was homeless and, and really in some dire straits, and a woman sent in um, a brand new outfit from L.L. Bean. Mm-hmm. She just went on the site, bought it, brand new, this exact sizes that he needed, and sent it to me. Wow. And that is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And I think that despite the economic times right now, um, there's a lot of people willing, able, and ready to give. And I think what you're doing with the lend-a-hand aspect is letting people know. I mean, sometimes we don't know that there's somebody, you know, right in our own neighborhood or even our own neighbor who could use whatever, whether it's just a meal or, you know, a bus ticket to go on a job interview. And when we're not communicating we can't help each other or be there for one another. And so I think what you're doing is a great concept. I'd love to see it become very, very local for everyone because it's so powerful when you can do something for others or when you can receive something that helps you, for instance, to get to that job interview or get to see your kids or whatever it is. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, so that's awesome. And Reed, I just really appreciate your time today, and I hope you will be open to coming back on the show when the 365 days are up so we can talk about the excitement of all that's happened. And I think that this is just a wonderful um, honor to your mom. And wow, what a beautiful person she created in you by instilling um, these values and beliefs that you have that are really, even though you may not see it, changing the world because all of us doing our little part is really what changes the world for the better. Well, well thanks Angela. And I'm, it's been a real honor to be a part of um, your story matters because it's part of what I tell people every day is I do tell people everyone has a story Yes. and everyone's story matters. Mm-hmm. And I've been amazed at the way people will open up and talk to me, uh, a complete stranger and talk to me about not only the celebrations in their lives, but also the hardships or the failures or the uh, substance abuse problems that they've had or whatever it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned earlier, you know, talking people talking to you about um, committing suicide. Uh, I've had two people tell me that they, you know, they, they got to that point mm-hmm. and um, they just opened up and told me that. Right. <laughs> this right, is someone right. that they've known for five minutes. Mm-hmm. So they've been really powerful, powerful moments and everyone does have a story and you're doing such a great thing by, um, sharing those stories and, well, thank and letting you. them, you know, putting them out there for the public so people, other people can hear and be inspired by them. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate that. Much. I appreciate and that. again, thanks for being with us today. And if anybody wants more information, you can contact me at my website or you can go to www.yearofgiving.org.
Thanks for listening to today's show, and we invite you to come back and tune in next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at www.radioearnetwork.com. And if you or anyone you know has an encouraging and inspiring story to share, please contact us at www.grief2grace.org. We'd love to hear from you because your story matters.